I've got a song, let me sing it with you Let me play it now, the meaning is new Wouldn't it be good if we could sing it together? Don't be afraid to sing me your mind Sing about the joy that I know we can find Blind them around and see how they sound together The song is love The song is love The song is love The song is love Well, how was that for the beginning of Notes from John? With a babble from Bond. <laughs> Sorry about that, but... <clears throat> You kind of get what you get here on this little podcast, and uh, hope everybody's having a good day today, wonderful Sabbath day in, here in Salt Lake City. I had a great day because... It's your birthday. Birthday, birthday. You're it's my birthday. It's your birthday. Birthday today. Shut hooray. Anyway, what a go. And... <laughs> Uh, tonight we had a great dinner out at uh, our daughter Emily and her husband Eric's place. We're grateful for their uh, hospitality and sharing all that they did with all of us. Thank you, Emily and Eric. It was great. Everybody came and brought... Just about. Not everybody. Well, but... the few that were sick, and then we had delicious, yummy food. We... <laughs> and we everyone sure was did. so sweet with their little birthday cards. Yeah, it was sweet of them. Anyway, let's start out with a shout-out tonight. Go ahead. And our first one goes to our little four-year-old Ro. That's Blake and Becky's little girl. She is so cute. She's got this really curly hair, and she just has such a cute little voice. Well, Becky was telling me how sweet she is to Emery, her little sister. Emery is, uh, is two, and she got hurt in her leg. And Ro ran and got her a little ice pack and went and put it on her and held it on her leg. And then she goes in and just cleans up her room without being asked. So that was, she's an amazing little girl already. I hope it lasts for you, Becky. Sure do, but she's going to be a feisty little thing. She's cute. Yeah, she does have a mind of her own. She does. And then we wanted to do a couple of shout-outs to some of our sons-in-law. Acknowledge it. Acknowledgement to them for really great achievements. Um, Eric, who was the top salesman of the year in his company, Allianz, which is a very, very large insurance company that sells uh, financial products, and Eric being the top salesman in that whole company, uh, wholesaler. Congratulations, Eric. We're really proud of you. And then we have Mark, who's Melissa's husband. He works at Wells Fargo, and he is the he is the top in the Mountain Northwest region. For, yeah, the top producer in their for sales, their yes. uh, personal wealth management uh, department, and it's a great accomplishment. Way to go, Mark! Yes, proud of you. We are. So uh, last week in our podcast, we did the first part of Happy Life, Happy Wife. Yes. Or was it Happy... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Happy (laughs) Wife, Happy Life. Happy Wife, Happy Life. Yes. Thank you. And tonight we'd like to continue with part two of that uh, 
that whole concept of a marriage between husband and wife and how we ought to be treating one another and how we can really strengthen and make our marriages as as uh, wonderful and and beneficial for everyone as we can. And we talked last week about uh, some uh, physical and financial implications of marriage and how we ought to consider those two areas. And today we'd like to continue on and talk about um, a couple of other of the important aspects. I suspect we probably won't finish tonight with it either, sweetheart, but let's, let's probably try. Probably not. Okay, well, how about, do you want to start with the spiritual side of things? Yes, that's a great topic to start with. It's an important one, so yeah, since I didn't, we had a nice Sabbath day and state conference. We did a way to go on your talk, by the way. And yours. You did a good job. We had the opportunity, which um, almost every Sunday, to go and speak at state conferences. And John does an amazing job motivating um, our members of our the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to go to the temple. And he does a great job. And you then certainly did well, too. A filler. So hardly. <laughs> it's a great tone, and they all loved you. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. That's not my forte, but... Well, it, it just brings us to the importance of the spiritual aspect of our marriages. And I just think it's so important that we look at uh, some very basic elements of, uh, of the spiritual aspect of our lives together. The first is that we both love God and an acknowledgement that uh, our love for Him is paramount. And of course, I, I've, as we've learned and I think talked about earlier once before, that uh, the more we come to love God, the more our capacity to love each other increases. I think that's why he said that the first and great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. The more you make Christ the center of your home and your relationship, it really grows and develops into a sweet thing. So that love of God is just so important for both of you to have. Now, there's no way you're going to be exactly on the same uh, spiritual, level. spiritual level. We all uh, you know, have these little ups and downs and peaks and valleys and but hopefully the, you know, the, li the line, if you run it through those peaks and valleys, is on an upward trend. And, and that our love for our Heavenly Father is growing as our faith grows and as our trust in Him grows in really all that we do. And there's different ways that we can increase that love of God. How do you do it, Bonnie? Well, we pray together which helps every night morning to pray together and pray for each other and to... Trouble is, you, you want me to pray most of the time. Well, because I love your prayers. Well, I love your prayers. I want you to... pray peace and, and help me to be calm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when we pray together, it helps us become closer to our Heavenly Father and strengthens our relationship, especially when we pray for each other for during the day. Yeah, that's true. And... It's been interesting to me uh, in my years of being able to um, 
to work with couples in our either a ward or our stake that were having marital di- difficulties, every one of them had quit praying together. So that instead of being able to use the most, I think, the most powerful binding tool that God's given us uh, to help heal some, some marital problems, they throw it out. Why don't they do it? Why don't they pray together? Because they're angry with each other. They don't want to pray. Well, there's always the great story of Ed and Deanne, your brother and his wife, when they were arguing and they knelt down to pray. And Deanne said, Please, Heavenly Father, help Ed to see that I am right in yeah. this situation. Yes, yeah, she did. <laughs> it was great. Classic. So uh, praying together, and of course individually, um, with our individual communication with God is important. It's important to me to to know that Bonnie prays regularly and that that's a, an essential part of her daily life. And I think important to you to know that I do. Um because that's where our that's where our our strength in the Lord is going to really grow is through our communication with Him. Well, and I see you praying and uh, being spiritual, and it uh, brings me peace knowing that you are a man of God and that you love the Lord, and, want, and that will bless our family and my life. Well, another element of our spiritual lives together is striving to you know, be obedient to the commandments of the Lord. And, you know, we all fail at time, from time to time and make mistakes. And we all have to go through the process of, of repentance and seeking forgiveness, certainly. Um, but it's this unified effort to be obedient. So we, we strive to be able to attend our church meetings together we strive to be able to fulfill our responsibilities in our church callings um, appropriately and together where we can. And, and we strive to keep the commandments uh, and to encourage each other to do so the best that we can. You know, and some relationships don't have that. And I hope that all of our grandchildren will see the importance of marrying someone with the same religious beliefs because it makes life a lot easier than trying to join two different religions and and uh, have to make decisions for the children one way or another. Yeah, Bonnie, that is really true. And, you know, we see sometimes you and people fall in love with who they're going to fall in love with and perhaps they don't have the same... Uh, religious background or re- even religious tendencies and um, it can create significant difficulties in their marriage going forward. And if that happens with one or the other, uh, you make sure that you individually keep praying, keep the commandments, going to church and doing those things that you know are right and true so that your significant other will see the kind of life you live and the kind of person that you are and hope that it will soften their hearts to be able to join you in these spiritual matters that are so important. Yeah. Okay, then um, another aspect of uh, the spiritual uh, side of our marriages is to have um, the... uh, 
consistent spiritual goals uh, between each other. I mean, our goal is the same, I believe, Bonnie, is it not? As far as we try to get, go to the temple regularly. What's we, your ultimate goal, sweetheart? Oh, I see what you mean. Making it to the celestial kingdom together. Sure. That sure. we have to do all these things that we're talking about to get there. So you make short-term goals in order to make the long-term goal. Well, of course you do. And, and that's our desire, certainly, and which is to be able to be together for eternity. To be together forever. And in that's the presence of those we love. we love and in the presence of our Father in Heaven and the Savior. That spiritual goal that we have together uh, is paramount for us and it kind of drives really ultimately everything we do. Grateful that we have that common goal. Yes, we do. Well, that's the spiritual side of things. There are many other points we could talk about in connection with that, but uh, um, we'll move on now to, uh, why don't we talk about the social side of our relationship? Great. And I have, um, I have under the social side of our relationship, number one to me is how we treat one another in the presence of other people. And I say that because at times I see married couples who talk uh, demeaningly toward each other. They cut each other. They are critical of one another. Or then they, they, there may even be name calling from one to another, which I just can't imagine that. Well, it makes everyone that's there very uncomfortable. It really does. There's a social skill where when you're out in public, is it airing your dirty laundry in front of everybody? Yeah, why would you do that? I'm trying to keep it at home and discuss it and then be able to work on it. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to be in a social setting with others, I would really want to be able to have um, people recognize and see how wonderful my wife is. And so my conversation with and about her would always be positive. I would never be critical or uh, of you in the presence of other people or cut you down. I just can't imagine doing that. You've always been wonderful about that. Why, why would we that. do that? Especially well, for someone that you love. How, how could we treat each other that way in the presence of other people? I guess there are those who get frustrated to the, and they're, they've reached their limit and then they start getting with other people and other friends and then they start wife bashing or husband bashing and that's when it starts because they're frustrated with their own relationship. So that's when they need to bring it back and be able to learn how to communicate. It's also important as we, we learned you know, you, you uh, spend the time dating and as you initially come to know each other and uh, fall in love together and everything is great and wonderful and then you get married and life hits. <laughs> Realities hit you right in the face with the finances and with school and with a home or an apartment and then along comes some babies and all that, all that comes with that. Uh, as a result, one of the things that uh, we learned early in life was uh, some counsel given to us by Elder L. Tom Perry, who at the time was a, 
a general authority in the LDS Church. And I had just been called to be a, um, wasn't that what I'd called to be bishop, I believe, wasn't it? Well, I don't know what you're going to say. Yeah, I, it was. Say. And he said to me uh, one day, he, he said, John, now that you're a bishop and your time's going to be oh, that's right. even more um, <laughs> taken up between your work and now your church calling, and uh, uh, how are you... What's the first thing you're going to do each week as far as your scheduling? And I, being the newly called bishop, I said, well, it's, um, it would be to have family home evening with my family. He said, no, that's not right. I thought that was a pretty good answer. And I, I said, oh, okay. I was kind of confused, so my next try was, well, how about scheduling sacrament meeting and planning it properly? He said, no, you're getting further away, John. I said, well, then help me. <laughs> he said, it's that you need to plan and schedule a night out with Bonnie ding, ding, ding. every week. That's the first thing you plan. That's right. Do you remember me sharing that with you? Yes, I do. And I just had a big smile on my face and said, he's right, because if things aren't good between husband and wife, things aren't good on the outside as far as how they start treating children, treating other people because they're frustrated with their own relationship. So it comes out, like we said, they're bashing or getting mad at children, uh, taking it out on them or on other people. So it's good to reconnect by going out on a date night once a week. And from that time forward, we've really endeavored to do that pretty much till we got on our mission. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't do too, too well, well those three years, did we? No, but it's also we used to go out with another couple or some friends, and we got to the point where we didn't really connect going out with friends either. So we just went out one-on-one -on -one just with each other so that we could talk, reconnect, and be together. And you like to talk. Somebody does. <laughs> you, d <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll discuss that. <laughs> yes, we will. So that uh, that is, an, from our perspective, is just an important piece of advice <coughs> that every couple ought to plan a night out together each week and that that becomes really a, a priority in your planning. Even if, even when you say, well, we don't have any money. Okay, do something without, that doesn't cost any money. Well, I Be was, creative. Be creative. I was also given advice from a mentor to me, Arlene Fox, who said, every six months you should go away with your spouse. And I said, what if you don't have any money? He said, she said, well, just go down to a hotel downtown and walk around, do something different. Because doing things like this to help you reconnect is a lot cheaper than counseling or divorce. It is that. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, another uh, aspect of the social side of our relationship is... Um, is being able to have, a, for, for our relationship, it was important to me for Bonnie to be able to have a social out 
once a week, hopefully once a week. It didn't always happen. But I realized after a while when our schedules were so tight that she needed some time out of the house. Well, that was because of something happened when you were the bishop and that sister came in. Do you remember? Remind me. She said, you said she was, I guess, overwhelmed, depressed, whatever she was, but struggling. And you said, you need to do something for yourself. What would you like to do? And she looked at you and said, I I have no idea idea what to do. What I would do for myself. She was so drained that she didn't know what to do to help her get out of it. I felt so bad for her to think that she was so um, caught up in everything else that she was doing with regards to her family. And I understand how that can happen for mothers. And they don't have any time for themselves. And she had... She had lost sight of what her own personal interests were mm-hmm. and being asked, well, what would you do if you had a night out just for yourself? And to say, I have no idea. I really, that really hurt me for her. So I remember I, I came home probably that night or shortly after and said, Bonnie, I realize that, that you need to have a night out. And I fainted. <laughs> you probably <laughs> did. <laughs> now I went. Whoa! Okay, I'm. I'm. Next week I'm gone. I'm out of here. <laughs> I tried to arrange my schedule so that every Wednesday night I would be, I would be home, and I would take responsibility for the kids. And, and what did you do? Well, at first it was like I didn't quite know what to do, so I went out and walked around the mall and went window shopping, shopped a little bit. And then I thought, wow, this is very different. I need to do, I like to be, um, use my hands and being creative. And and so I, I saw this little <laughs> ceramic shop that was close by and I went and started making ceramics. <laughs> Halloween, Christmas, all kinds of things. They were just, really cute. And then I started asking my sisters if they wanted to come over and they started coming. So we all started having a sister's night out as well so it was a lot of fun and again it gave you a, a, some social interaction yes with others besides Adults. your kids Adults. <laughs> sure and and i thought it was really healthy for you it was what about now now what do you do what do i do now well yeah. it's not as uh, stressful for me because all the children are gone so now i just like to unwind with Projects again, crafts, art, crocheting, blankets for babies. That's one thing uh, about Bonnie is that she never just sits and does nothing. <laughs> I can sit and and just do nothing. I can watch a, a movie on TV or a game on TV and just do nothing. And I'm very happy in doing that. And that's just fine. And you always have to be... I don't have to be. I just like doing to be something. creative and creating things that I can, I can do. It's not really, uh, you know, a, a social interaction necessarily by any means, but, but I we, can see. You know, we go, we go out once a week. We, um, I talk to my sisters on the phone. I read. I uh, we go out with family members once a month. 
I, I, I don't have the pressures and stress of having to get out as much. Plus, in our church calling, I'm talking with people all the time, and we're just, it's just different. It's a different stage of my life, so it's not so, get me out of the house now. Well, so, aren't we glad for that? Yes, we are. Well, sweetheart, why don't we uh, kind of wrap up the last few minutes of today's podcast with some thoughts that you've got, and then we're going to have to do a, a part three <laughs> as we talk about the emotional side of our relationships that that will pretty well take an entire well, marriage, uh, episode. Marriage is so important. It really is like 95% of your happiness, so that's why it'll be three parts, but... When our missionaries have gotten married, we've given them some quotes and thoughts, and we had a top ten as to how to help your relationship be at its best. So I'm just going to run through those real quick. Number one, have positive conversations. Number two, show affection. Number three, listen attentively. Number four, date frequently. Five, enrich your intimacy. Six, be quick to forgive. Seven, serve each other. Eight, eliminate anger. Nine, be sensitive to stress levels. And ten, pray together. Those are just our top ten to bless each other's lives. Some of those we've touched on. Some of them we haven't. Some of them we will uh, going forward and uh, uh, next week. Anyway, it's been uh, a pleasure to be able to share tonight some of our our thoughts and you know, I gotta recognize that this is just how we've chosen to live our lives. Right. We recognize that everybody has their their own way of doing that. But if we can help anyone um, in in their relationships, um, we're grateful to be able to do that. I know we've had people in our lives that have shared things with us that, that have helped us. Have helped us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and um, grateful that we've been able to listen to some of the people that we respect so much that gave us good advice along the way. And then some things that didn't work out. So everyone has things that they have to decide for themselves what works and what doesn't. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Okay, well, is there anything else you would like to say tonight? No, just that I love you, and it's going to be Valentine's this week, and... How grateful I am! I are I the I am for you and for the love I have um, so deeply in my heart for you and for our relationship together. It's grown over the years, and there you go. Happy Valentine's Day, sweetheart. Well, thank you, and I certainly love you. And happy birthday! And uh, oh yes, um, and many more to come. And what was it you'd like to sing as we conclude? Just finish off that song. I've got a song, let me sing it with you. Let me play it now, the meaning is new. Wouldn't it be good if we could say it together? Don't be afraid to sing me your mind. Sing about the joy that I know we can find. Wind it around and we we sing together. The song is love, the song is love, the song is love, the song is love.
notes from John. With a babble from Bond. Good night, everyone. <laughs>